Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Today, we're wrapping up our best summer ever, and we hope that it is the best summer ever, that I believe this can be your best summer ever. We talked a, a little bit uh, a few weeks ago about, you know, diving in with God, and, and, and you know, sometimes as believers, we... We just stay in the shallow end, but God wants us to take a dive, take a step of faith, and, and jump into what he has. And if we want to experience all that God has for us, then we need to not play it safe all the time. Um, you know, it's one of the important things that we have to do is to, to trust God, and no matter what situation we're facing. And, and last week I had um, uh, some, uh, a little table up here and, and a lemon because many times we face challenges, and those challenges are what we would consider you know, lemons in our lives and, and how we are to take that lemon and turn it into lemonade. But we truly can do that with God's help, that it's through those challenges and adversities that God is strengthening us and building our hope and building our character along the way that we can persevere through every situation. So today, as we finish this, this series, um, I, I'm sure that you've probably, you had this asked to you when you were a kid, but what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, I want you to think back on that. What did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a little kid, when you're in elementary school, preschool. Now, some of you, that, that might mean dusting off the cobwebs a little bit because that was a long time ago, all right? So, you know, it wasn't just yesterday. But what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, what was that thing that you just, man, I want to be that? Now, when you think about that, are you that? <laughs> are, what you wanted to be, did you achieve that or did it change? Now, I will share mine, all right? I will share mine. <laughs> I wanted to be a, okay, I'm going to use my, my little kid. I posted a picture today of me as a little kid, so it just kind of goes together. Um, so I wanted to be a choo-choo train conductor. That was, that was, that I would tell my mom all the time as we would see the train. And, you know, we live in Plant City. There's trains all over the place. You're stuck by trains everywhere you go, it seems like. And so I told my mom that's what I wanted to be. Obviously, I am not that, <laughs> Little bit different, big difference. I, well, I'm kind of conducting a train in a way, so maybe. I mean, it's so I, we'll go with that. But I'm actually not physically on a train. I'm not doing that. So you may have had an idea or something that you wanted to be as a kid, something that you, as an adult, this is what you wanted to be. That's what you thought was the, the, the pinnacle of success, and maybe things have changed. Maybe you're not that. Maybe you are. But I bet you've asked that question to your kids, right? Your kids or your grandkids. What do you want to be when you grow up? We ask our kids that from time to time. What do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, and it's honestly, it's changed from when our kids were little to, to where they are now. That, that they've changed. That some of the things that they wanted to be like, well, I don't know. And, you know, it, it, it changes. And, and for you, that might have changed as you were growing up. You, first, you wanted to be that. And for me, it did. I, I went from wanting to be a choo-choo train conductor to then I wanted to be a meteorologist. Like, that is so fascinating. The weather and all of that, it just really fascinated me. So again, it changes throughout the course of our lives. But what I really want to get at this morning is that when we look down deeper, and we kind of go a little bit beyond that, is what is, who do you want to be? Not what do you want to do, but who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Now, that can be a challenging question. It's, it's easy to say, this is what I want to do with my life. This is, this is how I want to act. This is, these are the things that I want to accomplish. But what type of person do you want to be? That can be challenging. Because far too often, we, 
we put what we do as who we are. That our identity is in what we do. I am a pastor of a church, and so that is kind of what my identity gets wrapped around. And you might be a business administrator, or you run a small company, or whatever, but that how often do you meet somebody, and you meet them for the very first time, and the conversation within the first five minutes goes to, so what do you do for a living? Okay, it's, it's natural, it's small talk, you, you want to, to get to know people and, and a little bit more, but that ultimately is how we define ourselves. Not who we are, but what we do. I'm not asking that question. I'm not asking what you do. I'm asking who do you want to be? Who on the best day of your life, the, the best version of yourself? Not who your spouse wants you to be. Okay, your spouse will tell you very quickly. All right, it's Father's Day, so I'm not, I won't go down that road right now. But <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking who your spouse wants you to be. I'm not asking who your parents want you to be. I'm not asking what you think other people want you to be, but who do you want to be? I like the way John Ortberg says this. He's one of my favorite authors. And he says, life is not about any particular achievement or experience. The most important task of your life is not what you do, but who you become. Yesterday, we had a chance to go to, uh, to the Rays game, and uh, we had a great time. Um, many of us, about 20 of us from the church were able to go, and, and it was faith day. So after the game, they had uh, the baseball players that are, that are Christians come out. And as the players came out on the field, uh, they were sitting in the section in front of us, and they you know, were coming out of the clubhouse, and, and, uh, and, and I noticed some of the Rays players. A couple of them I didn't, but then there was this other, other guy sitting at the far end, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm going... I know he's not a raised player, but I know they've got new players, and I, I just could not place it. Like, who is this guy? It was Albert Pujols, all right, one of the, the, the greatest baseball players of this era. He's sitting there. He's on the, 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 Los An the Anaheim Angels baseball team, and here he comes, sit down, and, and talking about his faith. And, and, and all, he could have gone on about all his achievements and all the things that he had done in his life, but it, he didn't focus on any of that. He focused on his relationship with Christ. And it really spoke to me in that moment because, you know, to, to be this, this mega superstar and to have millions of dollars, he took time after the game to come and speak to other Christians of the opposite team. <laughs> he didn't have to do that. But he did it because of his love of God and, and to share the gospel and to encourage our faith, to challenge us. And so it's easy to, for us to get locked into our achievements. And, and as I heard him and all the other baseball players speak, it wasn't about their achievements, but it was about who they are in Christ. And so I want to ask the question again, who do you want to become? Who do you see yourself? How do you see yourself as the best version of yourself? We live in a very, very, very fast-paced society today that every two seconds, a brand-new phone is coming out. And we all have to have the newest version of whatever phone is out. Like, you just finally figure out how to work this one, and now there's another one you got to figure out how to work on top of that one. That's why I like Apple, because usually they stay the same. Just saying, if you're an Android user, sorry. So anyway, <laughs> I kid. But still, every second it seems like something, a new version is coming out. Even on our televisions, 
there's a new software update coming out. I'm like, I just want to watch TV. I don't want to download the newest version of whatever software. Why does my TV have software? I just want to turn it on and it comes on. But no, I have to go through a 10-minute update and now the Wi-Fi is not working. I just want to watch TV. So you know what I do? Turn the TV off and open up my phone. Why? It's frustrating. But there's new versions of everything coming out. Version 12.2.5.7. And we have to download that one. We live in such... But why do these versions come out? Because the software developers are realizing we can do things differently. We can make the user experience better. We can do this. We can add this. And so it's constantly... Why are they doing that? To make it the best possible version of whatever product they're offering. So what is our best version? What is the best version of yourself? Who do you want to be? What is your best version? You know, you've probably had those moments where you've asked friends for advice or friends have asked you for advice. And you come up with this wisdom and you go, where in the world did that come from? (laughs) I didn't realize that that was around there. The reason why I say that is because I think there is, there is probably that best version of yourself and you don't give yourself credit for it. That it comes in and it shows itself from time to time. That it can come in those moments where you speak wisdom to someone and you had no idea where it came from. Or you do something to be kind and compassionate and nobody sees it. You're not doing it for an attaboy or it, you're just doing it because you're kind and because you want to show the love of Jesus. That's the best version of yourself. It may not happen every moment of every single day. And you may look at your life and go, this is, this is not who I want to be. But there is that person inside of you. There is that version and it comes out in small and, and significant ways if you look for them. Perhaps it's times where you, you, really, you really just want to let, let the words come out of your mouth. And you just, man, I want to let them have it. And, and you don't. You just bite your tongue. In Jesus' name, Jesus. I'm going to love them in Jesus' name. But normally, you would just let them have it in Jesus' name. That's the best version of yourself. You kept it in. You didn't. Maybe it's when you finally forgive somebody who has hurt you deeply. And you finally give over and you finally let in and you finally say, I forgive you. That's the best version of yourself. You have that version in you, whether you realize it or not. But how do we walk in that more frequently? How can we walk in that every day? What steps do we need to take? Well, let's start here. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll be up on the screen for you. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, it can be easy for us to look at our life as a project. That this is the project that God has given me to work on. That this is something that I, you know, and being Father's Day, you know, guys, we like to work with our hands. We, we like to tear things apart. My mom and dad used to tell me when I was little, and, and I, I remember parts of this, that when I would get new things, new toys, I would just take them apart. just want to see how they worked. I can never put them back together. Like, we just bought that for you, and it's in pieces. Oh, I'll put it back together. And then I try and put it back together, and there's like five or six pieces left over. I'm like, I don't know where they go. It'll work. Nope, didn't work. 
But guys, we like, we like to use our hands. We like to put things together. We, we like to work on projects. But your life, my life, is not our project. It's God's. It's God's project to work on us. We have been created to do good works. There's a plan and a purpose for your life and for my life. We are not just happenstance. We are not just this, this blob of, of nerves and, and, and things that just... I, you cannot convince me. I have listened to arguments of, of people that don't believe in God and, and believe in the, you know, in, in the Big Bang Theory and all that. Why do I do that? Because I want to hear what they have to say. Not that I believe them. I just want to hear. Could they possibly convince me? Absolutely not. I have listened and I have listened and I have read. And every time I go, this, I don't know how anybody can, can believe this. I believe in what the word of God says, that he created us, that he spoke everything into existence, that I have a purpose, I have a plan, you have a purpose, you have a plan. God created all of us for a purpose. You are unique, you are special, you are going to grow in God, and you will, you will change, but ultimately you're going to stay you. Wait a second, how am I going to, what? If I'm growing in God then, then, and I'm changing, how do I stay myself? God created us special. God created us unique. But that doesn't mean that he changes every part about us. Let me give you an example. Look at the, look at the life of Paul, okay? Now, Paul, before he met Jesus, okay? So Paul, before Jesus, was passionate. He was brilliant. And he persecuted people. After Jesus, he was still smart, he was still brilliant, he was still passionate, but now he sacrificed himself for others. You see the difference? Nothing, Paul didn't completely change, but parts of him changed. He was still smart, he still had a passion for, for, for things, but now his passion was directed to the right way. But now he realizes instead of persecuting people, I will stand and I will take that persecution God did not mess up when he made you. Somebody needs to hear that today. God did not mess up when he made you. You are created, unique, and special for a reason. God makes no mistakes. You know, I was, I was impacted greatly by our missionaries we had several weeks ago. If you weren't here, we had missionaries from, from Thailand, and they came and they shared, and, and their daughter Rebecca was with them. And Rebecca was born with many, many issues many physical limitations, but yet she had so much power and impact in her testimony and yet can never speak a word. God did not mess up when he made Rebecca. God did not mess up when he made you. There's a plan and purpose for your life. God does not discard anyone, but he redeems us. His redemption comes through the saving and transformational power of the blood of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All right, so I'm going to tie all of this in. That, that we have this new creation. Well, wait a second, Pastor. You're saying that, that, that I'm still the same, but God's working, but I'm a new creation. The new creation doesn't mean that we're a completely different person. That doesn't mean that God's going to change all of our attributes. If you're an introvert prior to Christ, you're probably going to be an introvert afterwards. 
He's not, if you're waiting for God to change you to be this, this extroverted person who is just, you know, going to do things that you, that's probably not going to happen. Will he challenge you to go into places and do things? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that one day you're going to go from, you know, being the kind of the wallflower to the life of the party. It's still God created you who you are. He created you who you're supposed to be. You know, Rebecca loves to watch the HGTV. She loves watching the home remodeling projects. And, 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 and the thing when you look at that, and many of you probably do the same thing, is when they go into these projects, these, these real estate developers, they come in and they buy these old dilapidated houses or you know, houses that had just been left to, to deteriorate. When they come in, and the, the great thing about the show is it's always done like 30 minutes or an hour. Like, man, I'd love for that to happen. Can somebody do that in like 30 minutes? To... Takes a little bit longer. <laughs> But they go in, and the reason why I think people are drawn to those shows is because you see the old product. You see how they started. But then they walk you through and say, look at now. Look at this house now. And they show you the before and the after. Go, wow. That, but, but what did they do? They didn't knock that house down. They didn't completely destroy it. What did they do? They redeemed the house. They, they gave it back its original purpose. That They, 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 they made it into its original shape, and, and sometimes it's even better than what it was when, they, when it was first made. They redeemed it, and that's what God does to us. He doesn't completely wipe us down and destroy us, but he redeems us, the old, and makes us into this new creation. We're still the same person. We still have the same qualities, the same attributes, but now we have been redeemed and to do what God has called us to do. That's the new creation inside of us. God's not just going to throw us out. God's not just going to do away with us as he's creating this new version of ourselves. But ultimately, there's a battle raging inside of us. There's a battle going on between our old self and the new creation. The old life that we used to live and the new life that the Holy Spirit's working on the inside of us. I want you to think back today at a time that you were connected to the Holy Spirit like you just... You were on fire. You were passionate for God. Maybe it was a missions trip. I've been on a couple missions trips, and my goodness, I come back and just my whole life is, I just, I'm transformed because just something happens when you're serving and you're not worried about anyone else or anything else. You're just serving. It changes you. Maybe it was when you first came to salvation that you, were, you had this passion for God. You know, one of the things that I love about summer is all across the country, and it's not just within our fellowship and the Assemblies of God, but all across that there are camps going on from the start of summer to the end of summer. And there are kids' camps that are going on, and there are youth camps that are going on. As a matter of fact, our students are going to go in a couple weeks, two weeks, or a week. And the one thing that I love about camp is that when our students go, they go for a week and they're completely disconnected from society. They go and they, 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 because it's in the middle of Lake Wales and there's nothing there, you can't get good cell phone reception. And that's amazing because you're, you're taking kids that are glued to these devices and now they're basically worthless. So what do they have to do? Interact and talk to people. Wow, we don't text each other like we can have a face-to-face conversation? Yeah, that's possible. But then on top of that, they, they go to church every day. 
And they have powerful times in, in, in God and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and what I've seen happen is that the years that I have gone to youth camp is when the kids go and they're focused, they're locked in with God, they come back with a passion for God. They come back with a passion that, that you, I mean, you could dump a bucket of water on them like, oh, glory, how to, hallelujah be to Jesus, you know? Now, you know. now I can go out in the sun longer because now I'm not going to be so hot, you know? Your perspective changes. The reason why is because they're locked into God. They're focused. There's no other distractions. But unfortunately, when they come back home and the cell phones start to go off again, they get connected to their old life. It's easy to be pulled back to the old life. The new creation, the, 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 the passion to serve God is there, but that battle is raging between the old creation and the new. And for many of us, we face that same struggle that, that when we came from into salvation and the, and the new, that, that life was, that, that, that there is no demon in hell that is going to stop us. But now as life goes on and we go through the daily mundane task and all of a sudden now, now it seems like everything is going to bring us down. This battle is raging on between the old and the new. That rage is on inside of every single one of us. When we're walking in the redemption and the fullness of life, there is nothing that can keep us down. When we're locked in and fixed on God and what he's doing in our lives. We wake up every day with an expectancy that God is going to do something that today is a gift from God. But then the battle rages on. But God wants us to live in the fullness of life. God wants us to live in those moments where the old is gone and we're walking in this new creation where there is no demon in hell that is going to stop us. That's how God wants us to live, to live victorious, to live lives with purpose and with passion. Not just seasons of our lives when we go to youth camp or when we go to a men's retreat or a women's retreat or a missions trip, but every single day of our lives. That's the new creation. That's the best version of ourselves, a life that is flourishing. That's how God wants us to live, but we get drawn back into the old. We get drawn back into the older version of ourselves. As long as there is breath in your lungs, God wants you to flourish. It's probably safe for me to say that if I were to ask everybody in the room today to write down a list of things that you don't like about yourself, <laughs> we could probably have 10 in less than a minute. Like this, like this, like this, like this. Am I right? Or is that just me? You can talk to me. It's okay. Please, I don't want to be alone on this. But it's really easy to jot down a list of things that we don't like about ourselves, right? I don't like this. I don't like about it. But if I were to say now, put that list aside now, write the things that you like about yourself. How long is that going to take you? You see, God isn't concerned about the old list, the one that we focus on. God is looking at the new list, the things that we are in him the good qualities, the good things about us, but yet we focus on the old, we focus on the negative, and God wants us to live in the new life, in the new creation, and to flourish, and we have to focus on the good things, the best version of ourselves, not the old life, not the bad things about us. It's easy for us to live in that world. It's easy for us to stay there. But God says, I don't want you to live there. You are a new creation. Live in this. Live in the purpose. Live in the fullness that I have for you. 
The best version of yourself is becoming the new creation that can only come from the Holy Spirit. I want you to catch this this morning. I'm not going to read this passage, but you're, you may be familiar with it out of Ezekiel. And the prophet Ezekiel is standing in, in this valley of dry bones. And, and, and I want you to get this. As Ezekiel is standing before this valley of dry bones, there is no life there. There is, there is nothing. It is barren wasteland. And so God speaks to Ezekiel. And he says to Ezekiel, he says, Ezekiel, do you think that these bones can come back to life? Now, Ezekiel plays, I mean, <laughs> he plays God right in the middle of the road. He's like, well, God, if, 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 if you think they can, then they can. Take a stand, man. Which way? One way. Either you can or you can't. Like, God, whatever you say, only you alone know. He's a good, good politician. <coughs> but, what, but what does God do? God asks the question, can these bones come back to life? And God brings them back to life. But look how he did it. See, as, as Ezekiel is standing for this valley of dry bones, there was nothing but death until the wind came and began bringing those bones back to life. Now the Hebrew there for is ruah, which means wind, both wind and breath. We see later in the chapter that that wind was the Spirit of God. That the Spirit of God took those dry bones and brought life into barrenness. That he brought a new creation from the old. From what was dead, there sprang forth life through the breath of God. The Spirit of God. Now, track with me. John 3, 8. Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. And he says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Why is that important? Because the Spirit is the wind of God. The Spirit is essential to new birth. Spirit of God, the breath of God, the wind of God is what is necessary for new creation and for life to spring forth. The Spirit of God dwells inside of us, working in us, through us, to become the best version of ourselves. We would be stuck in this dead, old life had it not been for the wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit, breathed into our lives to become the new creation. That is what dwells inside of us. The same Spirit, the breath of God that brought those valley of dry bones to life is living in you and living in me. Is the new creation, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. But how do we stay in this new creation? How do we keep from going back to the old? I know, Pastor, you're saying this new life is in me. The Holy Spirit is in me. That I have this new creation, but this battle is raging on. We've all seen sailboats, right? We live in Florida. You go to the beach and you can see beautiful sailboats, one that I will never own in my life. <laughs> Not saying that God can't bless me with it, but I, I just, I don't see myself as a captain of a boat. I just, 
Pastor Matt. Yeah, Captain Matt. Nah, just... I, I just don't see it. God may change that. I don't know. But we live in Florida, and we're all familiar with sailboats. Now, if you're out in a sailboat, and you want to get to your destination, what is necessary is the sails. You can have a sailboat sitting in the water, and the wind can be blowing, but if that sail isn't up, you're not really going to go very far. And don't some smart Alex say, well, if you got a motor in there, Pastor, you can go, okay? (laughs) Somebody afterwards was going to come and tell me that. I know it. (laughs) Joey, I'm not looking at you right now. (laughs) I love Joey. I love Joey. So we've got a sailboat. If you want to go to your destination, You've got to raise the sails to catch the wind to move you forward, to go to your destination. But hear me, church, there are far too many Christians that say, God, I want to move forward. I know the destination I want to go in, and I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. I'm living this old life. And God's saying, you're not going anywhere because the sail isn't up. Get your sail up. Catch the wind of the Holy Spirit, and I will move you forward. But how do we put that sail up? How do we get it up? That means by staying in his word, by living his word out daily. That doesn't mean that you have this Bible reading program that that you check off just every single day. Well, I checked it. I read the Bible and that's it. No, it means that you're reading the Bible and you're saying, God, show me what your word says. Reveal to me what this scripture means to me. How How can I get rid of the old and live in the new? It means when we come to church, we engage with what's going on. That we're listening, that we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, that we're fellowshipping with others. That when we engage in worship and when we sing, we engage with it. And not just sit back, but we say, God, I want all that you have. I'm putting my sails up because I want to catch the wind of your spirit. I don't want to stay here anymore. I want to go to where you called me to go. God's not going to do it for you. You have to do it. He's saying, my wind is blowing, but are you catching it? All across the room, would you stand with me this morning? It's easy. Oh, it's so easy. To go back to the old. And what some would consider is probably the worst version of ourselves. That the struggles of life and the challenges that we face and, 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 and we just stay here. And God is saying, no, I want you to move over here. I want you to walk and live in the new creation. I want you to live in this life. But the only way we can do that is by catching the wind, by catching the breath of God, catching the spirit of God. I can't do that for you. I can't just make it happen. God can't just make it happen. You have to actively engage. Say, God, I want it. I want to catch your wind. I want to, I want to move where you've called me to. I want to be the best version of myself. To be spiritually, uh, spiritually alive means to receive the power from God. The Holy Spirit is that power, and we all have access to it. We all have access to the Holy Spirit. 
to bring that new life, to be that new creation, to, 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 to never go back to the old, but to live in the new. And so the question I ask is, do you want to live in that new version? Do you want to live the best life? Do you, that, that picture of the me that I want to be, the best version of myself, the one who God has called me to be, do you want to live and do you want to walk that? Then catch the wind of God. Do you want to be fully alive in God? Then catch his spirit. Engage with him. Put up your sails all across the room with every head bowed, every eye closed. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for every person in this room. I know today was a divine appointment for every person standing here today. It is not by chance or by happenstance that that we are in this room today. You have planned for us to be here. And I pray, Lord God, for every person to receive your word today. I pray, God, right now for every person that is here today who is struggling with that old version of their lives. They know the truth. They know the redemption of Jesus. But the battle is raging on. They want to live in the new life, but they just can't break through. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, breathe today. Breathe the breath of God down on this house today. May we catch your spirit. May we catch your wind fresh and anew. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. In this atmosphere, God, I pray every spiritual bondage be broken right now. The hindrance that have been there for too long be broken. There is destiny today. There is newness of life today. Holy Spirit, move. May we put our sails up and catch what you're doing to move where you've called us to go. God, I pray for every person that feels like they've been stuck, that they've been stranded. God, breathe their life into them today. Breathe your spirit in them today. May they move into the new creation, into the new life that you have called. May we catch your wind. May we catch your fire. Holy Spirit, move. We can only do so much on our own where we have to finally let go and say, God, you move me. I can only paddle so long. I can only do it so long, but I need you to move me forward. And you may be here today and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you are worn out. God saying, let me take over. Catch my wind. Catch the wind of God today. You may feel like you're a valley of dry bones. You've even questioned, God, are you even in my life? Why do I even go to church? Do you even care? God's saying, I am breathing new life into you today. May life spring forth where there is barren death. May the fullness of life come forth. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we're open to you. God, I pray again for every person that we not leave this place seeking for anything, that we receive everything that you have. 
that if you're calling us to move forward, that we move forward. That if there's anybody that is here today and you feel dead, may you come to life today. And that only happens through the blood of Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, God, I've just got to get rid of this junk. I've got to get rid of this garbage. Just ask for his forgiveness. He forgives all of your sins, not just one or not two, but every single one of them. Just submit your heart to him. Ask for the forgiveness and you will receive the new life that you've been seeking. God, move. Holy Spirit, move. I've asked the worship team to come this morning. And I'm going to encourage you today. I've, been, I've prayed and I've asked. I've opened these altars Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. But for one person, for two people, for five people, I don't know how many. Today is your day. Get out of your seat and come to these altars and let God, let the Holy Spirit do the rest. As the worship team comes, just come forward. Say, God, I'm right here. God, moving me. Holy Spirit, I want this new life. I want to catch your breath. I need that new life today. Let him move in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.